Yo, dog, I am psyched, I am jazzed, I'm stoked. Because of our movie this week? Absolutely. We are going to be talking <laughs> about one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Pretty sure one of those words is not a real word, but all right, what, uh, what is it? <laughs> the Dark Knight. I don't know how I didn't think to do an episode on this earlier. Maybe because we've done an episode on Batman already? That was our very first episode ever. Oh, no, you don't understand. This is different. This must be done. We talked about Batman's ethics before and how we can analyze it through the lens of deontology and utilitarianism. Hey, that's good stuff. I'm impressed you remember the terms. But bro, trust me, this is going to be entirely different. I'm skeptical, but if you say so, what's it about? Hit that sweet, sweet theme song and I'll tell you all about it. Don't be Aristotle by your Plato knowledge cause we got our game I like. We'll Vinny, Vitty, Vici, and Mustachio, Nietzsche, and we'll never miss the marks, cause I'm awesome, he's heathen, and this is our podcast show. <clears throat> alright, alright, welcome back everyone for another episode of the Wholesome and Heathen Show, where we talk to you about mind-bending and life-defining philosophical concepts, but through the smooth lens of pop culture. I'm Wholesome. And I'm Heathen. Thanks for still listening to us. I actually can't believe people listen to this. I'm not sure I believe the numbers that the, the analysis stuff tells us of how many people actually listen. You think it's too high or too low? Honestly, I'm astounded that even one person listens to it. Hey, now, you also believe we live in a simulation, so let's not place a lot of weight on your thoughts. But I know my girlfriend listens, and you said your dad listens, so... Wow, that makes it sound so cool. And your sister listens... Sometimes. And my dog listens. It was one of the <laughs> conditions when we got her her own Spotify. Please stop. We can only sound so cool before it gets to be bragging. <laughs> You're right. Oh, uh, and then there's all the actual listeners, so we're fine. Now, on to the show. <laughs> what do you have prepared for us today? Do I look like a man with a plan? Okay, Joker, yes. Yes, you do look like a man with a plan. You choose to wear cufflinks when you dress up nice. That's a planning kind of man. Ooh, fair. You're right. I do look <laughs> swanky when I do that. So, the Dark Knight is just bursting with philosophy and all sorts of discussional goodies. But we're going to cover almost none of it. Hmm. It's a shame, truly. We're not going to talk about anarchy we're about vigilantism. We're not going to talk about the strange burning down a forest to find some jewels anecdote Alfred delivers. I think he did that to find the guy that was stealing the jewels. We're not going to talk about the object permanence of pencils. Oh man, that was the quickest and most brutal magic trick I've ever seen. There are loads of topics. There's optimism versus realism when Jim Gordon talks about working with cops Harvey Dent investigated. And then he says, I don't get political points for being optimistic. I have to work with what I have. I'm guessing we're not talking about that either. There are brilliant lines like, the night is darkest before the dawn. Not that one either, huh? And also, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Or that? So what are we talking about? We're going to talk about truth. Not justice. As much as I know you love justice, not this episode, my man. Hmm. Today's focus is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! the truth not bad but not quite so before we can get started what is truth Ooh, good question no i'm asking what is truth oh yeah totally i uh <laughs> i knew that that sounds like a lie no 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 wholesome doesn't lie 
Sounds like a follow-up lie. <laughs> this got out of control real quick. <laughs> Truth is the state of being true, of being correct. You can disagree with an opinion, like blue is the greatest color, because there's no standard for a color being better or worse than another. Unless you're talking about something specific, like easiest color to read from a distance or something. Since there's no objectiveness to it, it's not a truth. But something like we breathe oxygen is an undeniable fact. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Humans didn't always know that we breathe oxygen. And theoretically, someone could still say that's not really how it works. Some people say the Earth is flat, too. Yeah, but even if people disagree, a fact remains true. Ah, I like that. I like that. A fact will remain true regardless of belief. Hmm, I feel like you're about to throw down a gotcha example. Not as long as you're on board with the Earth is round and we breathe oxygen. I've got nothing. Those are the two most fundamental truths for heathen. Though, to be fair, we breathe more than just oxygen. Air is far more nitrogen than oxygen in chemical makeup. Yeah, but, but it's the oxygen that we need. Putting aside the biology... Is your previous statement any less true if it's not 100% correct? I argue it's still correct, but I see your question. It's getting to intent, right? If I don't intend to tell a lie but say something that isn't 100% correct, is that still telling the truth? That's an easy no, right? If a, if a person who is ignorant about a topic tells you something, that doesn't make it true. Hmm. And if someone tells you something they think is true... That doesn't make it true either. That gets back to truth being truth regardless of belief. If we take people entirely out of the equation, humans don't exist and never have. If a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around to hear it, does it still make a noise? There's no one there to perceive it, but the sound waves still happen and it still makes noise. So truth is based in objective reality. I feel like I don't throw around enough philosophical terms, so I'll say that this is called the correspondence theory of truth. Because it corresponds with reality. All right, yeah, that term isn't too bad. Now, what is the value of truth? It's the truth. What do you mean? The classical virtue is that we should be truthful. We should be honest. But why? What is the value of truth? Or is there value in truth? People get away with things by not being truthful. I can't deny that, but that's not the society we want to live in. But which philosopher said we shouldn't do things that we don't want everyone else to also do? Yeah, Immanuel Kant mm. in his Categorical Imperative. That's the guy. Yeah. An act is only moral if everyone should do it all the time. And if you don't think they should, then you shouldn't either. That's how you build a better world. Treat others as you want to be treated. Golden rule basics to ethics. Bam. It's very wholesome of you. So... Should everyone be strictly truthful all the time? I want to say yes, but I may have also told a white lie here or there. So, you know, let's talk about it for the for the people. <laughs> for the people. Ah, yes. So egalitarian of you. <laughs> so what's a white lie and what makes it different? A white lie is a tiny lie. It doesn't have any real impact, but it's to, like, spare someone's feelings. The classic example is if your partner asks if they look fat in those pants and you don't want to hurt their feelings, so <laughs> you just say no. You're, you're right that that's a classic example. But who benefits in that situation? And why is that an allowable exception, assuming you're saying it's allowable? You're trying not to hurt your partner's feelings, so you're looking out for them because you care. Does the partner benefit or does the liar Okay, harsh to call them a straight-up liar. No one is getting hurt from a white lie. <laughs> Just to be dramatic, if your partner believes your lies, 
lies because they trust you so much. And then that pair of pants becomes their favorite and they wear them everywhere, but they actually look like Quasimodo in sweatpants and don't realize that they look bad. Then are they still not being hurt? Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring in our movie. The spectacularly philosophical film masquerading as an action flick. The Dark Knight. You're really into this movie. If you don't know, all you need to know is that Gotham City is absolutely crime-ridden and it's nearly overwhelming. But the new district attorney, Harvey Dent, is the white knight who will legitimately clean up the streets. Through the law. Using the system. Not through vigilante justice. You're the symbol of hope. I can never be. He's fearless. He's energetic. He's a legitimate hero, acting within the law, and everyone's hopes are pinned on Harvey Dent. But then, when his fiancée's life is threatened, Dent goes a little off the rails. And that's the Joker's whole mission in the movie. To prove that everyone is corruptible. So, after they mess with his fiancée, Dent starts breaking laws and goes on a bit of a murderous rampage. Turns out our white knight wasn't so great after all. Or is it just that we all have a breaking point, but luckily most of us never get close to it. Mm. But putting aside that question, yeah, Gotham's last hope didn't live up to the expectations. That's the truth. Harvey Dent killed multiple people and was willing to kill more, for sure. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Batman decides to tell a lie at the end of the movie. Exactly. Dent dies, and now that his threat is over, Batman says, The Joker cannot win. Gotham needs its hero. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so, uh, even though it's a straight lie... A bold-faced lie. <laughs> even though it's a lie, Batman thinks it's worth it. Not only worth it... He thinks it's better than the truth. Yes. And one of the last lines of the movie is, Sometimes truth isn't good enough. Sometimes people deserve more. Sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded. And I'll spare you that in the Batman voice, but... <laughs> I don't know if I buy into the word deserve in most contexts, but the two options are for the people of Gotham to learn that Dent fell from grace and be crushed by that, or to keep hope. And... Batman wants them to keep hope. He thinks that's the best outcome. A more zoomed-in lie was when... Oh, well, hold on. What's a, what's a zoomed-in lie? You know, like, more immediate or more specific. Never mind. Forget I said zoomed-in. Another example of a lie <laughs> is when Harvey Dent and his fiancée are both separately tied up and in immediate danger. He knows it's not going to be okay, but he tells her, It's okay. It's okay. They're coming for you. It's going to be all right. And later, during his murder rampage, he has Commissioner Gordon's son at gunpoint and tells Gordon, Tell your boy it's going to be all right. Lie like I lied. Is that a worthwhile lie? That's what you're going to ask. Exactly. Lying isn't good. We should be honest in most aspects of life. That's what most people say anyway. And hopefully you're never in a situation where you're lying to a loved one who is imminently about to die. Mm -hmm. But... Extreme situations help us examine our philosophical beliefs. I mean, if, if, if your kid is about to die and there's nothing you can do to stop it, comforting them is probably the best thing you can do. So, sometimes, comfort is better than truth. Only in immediate and dire situations like this. I wouldn't go around lying if that makes people comfortable in general. Isn't that what a white lie is? Lying to avoid an unnecessary pain, a.k.a. lying to comfort? 
Are you comparing lying to a soon-to-be-dead little boy to a white lie? Well, we certainly don't classify them as the same thing, but where's the difference? That's insane, but I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so here's another lie. Bruce Wayne is in love with Rachel Dawes, but she told him she can't be with him while he's the Batman. But she did tell him that if the day ever comes when he's done being Batman, she'll be there. And even though he has no plans to hang up the cape anytime soon, that thought... Waiting for her. That's something Bruce Wayne thinks about constantly, and he wants that day to come more than anything else. But eventually, Rachel leaves a letter with Alfred and tells Bruce that she's going to marry someone else, and that if the day ever comes when he's no longer Batman, she'll be there for him. But as a friend, she's moving on. Ah, poor Bad. <laughs> and just as Alfred is about to deliver the letter, Batman is sitting there distraught, or I guess Bruce more in this situation. Bruce is sitting there <laughs> distraught after Rachel's murder. Oh, I don't know if that was a spoiler. Did you guys know Bruce Wayne is Batman? <laughs> but <laughs> we, well, we'll put that in the, in the header. Yeah. Spoiler aside. So Bruce is sitting there just distraught because Rachel was just murdered. He tells Alfred she was going to wait for me. And Alfred decides not to deliver the letter. And Bruce never learns that Rachel had moved on. That's the truth. And he's living in a lie thinking otherwise. But what's the benefit? If she was still alive, then of course Bruce would have to eventually confront the reality that she moved on. But since she's dead, what does it do for anyone to know the truth? Oof, I'm a big fan of truthfulness, but that one hurts quite a bit. Maybe Alfred was right not to deliver the letter. So sometimes truth is not worthwhile? I'm going to give you a really solid, hmm. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Let's, uh, here, here's, here's another aspect. Honesty is a virtue. That's widely accepted. But why? Oh, that gets back to what I was saying before about the golden rule. If people lie about stuff, then there's no trust. And if there's no trust, then we can't build forward. You can't believe that someone is going to show up when and where they say and you can't have business because you can't trust that people are going to pay what they say. You can't even have faith that the building you're in won't collapse unless you trust that the builders did what they said they did and followed codes. Hey, I mean, that sounds good to me. So honesty is equated with trust. But does something being a virtue mean we should abide by it all the time? I would think so. The British philosopher Alain de Botton says, You should never subject someone to the full you. Especially if you love them. Hmm. And don't worry, I'm purposely choosing to skip the context of his quote. Perhaps we'll get into it in another episode. And it reminds me of a line from the movie Hitch, where Will Smith says, People want to know the real you, but not all of you, not all at once. Well, sure, you're not going to be your entire weird self as soon as you meet someone, but that's not dishonesty. That's just, you know, like opening up naturally as you build relationships. I guess that gets to another aspect of truth and honesty. When someone is giving a sworn testimony in court, they swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's in the context of providing evidence for an act or event. If you skip the details there, then the jury doesn't get the full picture of what happened. But if you bear your whole soul out to someone you just met, that's not being dishonest. <laughs> we said truth is objective fact. Is honesty exactly that, or does it have different aspects? No, honesty is telling the truth, so not obscuring facts. Can someone be both honest 
and be telling a lie? Doesn't make sense to me, but you've probably got something up your sleeve to prove me wrong. So go for it, buddy. (laughs) I'm not trying to trick you with these questions. The whole point of philosophy (laughs) is just to question. And questioning the most unquestioned concepts is the most fun. How about with a false memory? You know, people have false memories. And we talked last episode a bit about how those can be implanted, whether purposefully or not. So can't we have a situation where someone swears their version of events is the truth? And it is the truth as far as they know. They're being honest. But that's not actually what happened. Oh, dang. I don't like this. <laughs> You're right. Someone may genuinely think they're being honest, but not be telling the truth. I, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like that at all. I guess my next question would be, is truth absolute or can it be relative to perspective? No, no, I don't like this at all. Why, why is it that we so frequently delve into a topic <laughs> and you have me reconsidering the most basic things? That's called growth, my friend. But then you never tell me the answer. So it's more like bulldozing a building, but then not (laughs) rebuilding anything new in its place. Destructive. Yeah, well, that sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just keep bulldozing. How about this theoretical situation that unfortunately isn't theoretical for a lot of people? Say we're looking at a couple in a monogamous relationship. They're happy, all is good, then... One of them cheats. If one of them cheats, they may have been happy, but it certainly was not all good in the relationship. All right, you got me there. That's fair. But unimportant. Monogamous couple and one cheats. That's terrible, and that poor other person must feel very betrayed. But the partner doesn't know yet. The cheater hasn't spilled the beans and is debating whether to do so. Gotta suck it up, buckaroo. You did the crime and you can't change that, but the right thing to do now is to fess up and let the dust fall where it will. But why? Because they betrayed their partner. The couple had an understanding and trust in one another, then this person went against their partner's wishes and cheated. That sucks, but if they're not a terrible person and are truly sorry, then they need to come clean and let their partner know the truth. Yeah, if the cheater doesn't care, then that's a different situation and they're a bad person. But okay, if they're sorry and want to make things right, then they should confess. There's a big chance that things won't be made right, and it may be the end of the relationship, but it's still the right thing to do. And why is that again? Because the cheater cheated and lying about it won't make that unhappen. So continuing to hide the fact is to perpetuate the lie. It's like a new lie every day that it remains hidden. Right. But why is this lie bad? (sighs) At the risk of oversimplifying it, it's because the couple agreed to treat each (laughs) other a certain way. If they agreed that monogamy wasn't important in their relationship, that's something entirely different. But if one person thinks they're monogamous and the other person isn't, then it's a betrayal of the relationship and of the partner. So by lying, you're betraying them. And by betraying them, you're hurting them? A equals B equals C. Yeah. Ah, transitive property of mathematics. <laughs> beautiful. But what if it was a one-time thing? A mistake? To carry on an affair is one thing, but what if it was a one-time thing and the partner definitely won't do it again, especially now that they feel really guilty? Should they still tell their partner? Yeah, for sure, because it was still a betrayal, even if it was a mistake. You got to accept the consequences for your actions. No, I get that. But if it was truly a one-time thing, then who actually benefits from the truth in this scenario? It won't happen again, so it's not like you're continually hurting the partner. In fact... They're living in ignorant bliss, thinking everything is hunky-dory. By telling the truth, does the partner benefit 
or does the cheater benefit, as in the catharsis of getting the secret off their chest, that weight off their shoulders? Mm. We say telling the truth is good, but who is the truth actually for? Okay, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, but th- that's that's assuming that the catharsis from telling the truth is better for the cheater than the relationship being completely deconstructed. If if the person is holding on to the guilt, they're probably doing it because losing the relationship would be much scarier to them than the alternative. What if we change the situation to something like we're talking about an older couple who've been together for 30 years. If there was an incident of cheating, say, 25 years ago and never since then, is it beneficial to bring up the truth now? We want to build the best world possible, and that's where we get virtues, but does this truth actually make the world a better place? What about if the cheating partner dies and you as a third party know that they were cheating? Does it serve any good to inform the grieving partner? At the end of The Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan says, The truth can only hurt now. Good quote, but counterquote. In Dark Phoenix, Professor Xavier erects mental barriers in Jean Grey's head, and he says, I protected her. And Mystique says, from the truth. There's another word for that. Mm, solid, solid. Yeah. Right back at and you. I, I know this is a discussion we've had before. It's there's There's a lot to consider there, but I just want to bring forward that concept of, like, who is the truth actually benefiting? And maybe we should talk about different types of lies. Hmm. We covered white lies and lies where the speaker isn't aware it's a lie, so maybe like an honest lie. (laughs) Maybe it would shed more light on the concept to talk about more types. Hmm. Like what? Um, Bluffing, for example. Yeah, that's a lie, and it's meant to deceive, but it's usually during a game like poker or something. It doesn't carry the same moral weight. Or an exaggeration. That's less blameless, but oftentimes we could tell when someone is exaggerating and the facts aren't as important as the story that's being told. The overall sense of the story isn't changed. And we lie to kids all the time. I'm sure there are different parenting philosophies involved there that I know nothing about. But most people are fine with making up stories about the truth fairy and Santa Claus and... The truth fairy. That was a Freudian slip if ever I heard one. Did I say truth fairy? <laughs> you totally said the truth fairy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Leaves right. you... Uh, a quarter under the pillow every time that you could have lied and didn't. I really like that. <laughs> solid, solid. Okay, okay. Uh, the other one, I was, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we we lie to kids. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And clearly I'm lying to myself to some extent. <laughs> well, there's also the opposite of exaggeration, whatever that would be called, a understating, maybe, where you're purposefully playing down something to give a different impression from the truth, like... Maybe in a dangerous situation, you downplay the threat. Or when you're super humble, which we know is one of your most endearing qualities. <laughs> I'm going to skip right over that. <laughs> All of these examples are examples. See, I was going to say these are examples of deceiving others, but my humbleness is not a deception. It's just <laughs> I'm the most humblest there ever was. <laughs> like a cookie crumble. <laughs> <laughs> Great song, my theme song, my walkout song. But uh, clearly, clearly some of these forms of deception are seen as morally worse than others. Some are acceptable or even preferred in polite society, like a white lie. But then there's perjury, which is actually a criminal offense. One that I find really interesting is a lie of omission. Because some people don't consider it a lie, exactly. Yeah, I've definitely heard that excuse a bunch of times. 
One party will say the other person lied by omission, and the other party will say that's not a lie because they didn't actually say anything that was untrue. But the intent was the same as lying. They were trying to deceive the other party by leaving out certain information. So that changes our understanding somewhat from an actively told mistruth to an actively omitted critical piece of information, or like a passive mistruth. Ooh. Both reframe the objective truth into a false narrative that the deceiver is intentionally trying to convey. I mean, like, pleading the fifth is a constitutionally protected right, right? Lying by omission is kind of suggested and requested in our own legal system-ish. <laughs> Here's another line of thinking. Honesty is a virtue, and truth is good. But can truth ever be bad? Or can it be dangerous? Truth can be dangerous. That probably works, yeah. If, if we didn't have knowledge of nuclear weaponry, the world would be an inherently different place. Nukes are, by their very nature, dangerous. Knowledge is a form of truth, so truth can be dangerous. Wow, you broke that down really clearly. I'm impressed. I'm not just here for my good looks. <laughs> None of our listeners know how much of a lie that is. <laughs> so I am here just for my good looks. Uh, no, I was not trying to backhand compliment you. <laughs> but I'll take it. So truth can be dangerous. That's clear. And... We can think of a ton of cases where enterprising journalists and the news media uncover truths that are being purposely hidden away. And that's dangerous for them and for everyone else involved. But the truth is something we want. Kill the Messenger is a movie about Gary Webb, a reporter. It's a based-on-reality movie. So Gary Webb is a reporter who investigated the CIA's involvement in the Nicaraguan Contra cocaine trafficking. And he wound up suicided. No. No way that's actually a... Hold on. Hold on. Okay. No. Yeah, that, that actually is a word. Suicided. Huh. All right. Oh, I didn't know that. I was just saying that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, uh... I mean, the Google says it so, so, um... Yeah, it works for me. Ah, uh, but... But right. Now you sound like you're talking conspiracy theories. Hey, hey. I never want to tell anyone what to think. But Gary Webb was found dead with two gunshot wounds to the head. It was declared a suicide, so... I'm just, I'm just agreeing that some truths can be dangerous. But the real question I want to ask is, can truths be bad? What do you mean by bad? Truth is good not in and of itself, but because it helps us create a better world. Right, right, okay. If a certain fact creates a worse world, is truth, or specifically that truth, good? Do you have any examples we can kind of talk through? There's a Netflix movie I watched recently called The Discovery, which hinges entirely on this. The premise of the movie is that Dr. Harbour scientifically proves the existence of an afterlife. This is obviously among the greatest of scientific discoveries ever in history. But in the year after his discovery, more than 4 million people kill themselves in order to transition. Holy crap, that's terrible. And maybe Dr. Harbour couldn't have predicted that, or maybe he thought the truth of the discovery had to be shared, even if it would have such ramifications. But all that we know is that the result of a truthful discovery was 4 million suicides. So if he knew what was going to happen, should he have still made it public? Well, if he didn't anticipate this reaction, then there's zero reason not to make it public. But even if he 100% expected mass suicides... Is it worthwhile? Oof, four million people, that's a, 
That is such a massive tragedy. But but in a way, I suppose it's similar to what I was saying with the nukes, right? Nukes have the power to decimate way more people than that. So the question is, are these types of truths better kept hidden? The practicality of being able to keep things hidden is a whole different thing. But yeah, Hmm. should these truths be hidden? Are these truths bad for the world? Are then certain truths bad? Not to tie it back to that overplayed quote from the beginning of the film, but maybe it's really about whether or not we really can handle the truth. (laughs) Knowing about how to make nuclear weaponry isn't inherently bad. It's just, you know, knowledge. Like you said earlier, it's just the facts that we can't be trusted to use that information responsibly is really the problem here. Right. But people are also predictable. We're in a simulation, so very, very predictable. If they can make a bigger, (laughs) if they can make a bigger explosion machine, we seem pretty excited to jump on that, predictably. Or like in the movie, afterlife is guaranteed. Some people were always going to take that as an opportunity. That we are going to do the wrong thing with it might also be a truth. Well, you know, that actually goes back to the Dark Knight and whether or not people can be trusted with the truth. In the sequel, Commissioner Gordon, which I guess is the prequel because it's the third in the, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the sequel, Commissioner Gordon planned to reveal the truth about Batman eight years after crime had been nearly eradicated, due in large part to the lie that they all participated in. He chooses not to, and it was this information being revealed by Bane later on that sends the city into a frenzy. In the end, Batman was the actual symbol of hope, and Lying that it was Dent may have been what hurt the city more in the long run, which is maybe why he had to cover an entire bridge in gasoline to make a huge bat symbol. I don't know. (laughs) The movie has its flaws, but that's the thing. We don't know how it would have gone if Batman told the truth from the start, or if Gordon hadn't revealed the truth before Bane opted to do so. The film did what all films with intense philosophical underpinnings do, and simply showed what could happen and then the consequences of those actions without clear answers. Oh, how I love philosophical films. You're a monster. I'm a saint. The saint of heathens, but a saint regardless. A smooth-talking, technicality-playing monster. (laughs) These questions have real-world implications, too. Bane... I mean, Bane isn't a real-world implication, but Bane (laughs) definitely revealed the information in an intentional way to sow chaos. But his role was not too different from a reporter. He found a truth the government hid and revealed it. It only just so happened to further his evil agenda. Of course. So to that end, can it be bad for journalists to reveal the truth? I mean... Not saying that they're evil. (laughs) That would be an undue uh, comparison there. Lots of journalists, friends. You're great, pals. Um, I mean, I would like to think (laughs) it's always good to reveal the truth. But then I also think back to that moment during the initial war on terror skirmishes and i remember seeing this reporter who was on live television and they started drawing the battle plan of the battalion that they were shadowing they just took a stick and started drawing it in the sand on live tv the soldiers cut it out right quick but that's (laughs) openly accessible information that could have led to many deaths all in the interest of being overtly intensely and immediately truthful it's kind of weird that's that's a great point so Is there an urgency to truth? And it's opposite. How long can we protect information before it falls into the category of a lie? Perhaps of omission. 
there's there's just so many elements to dissect. <laughs> You're not kidding. And I'm assuming, as always, no answers. <laughs> You've got our rhythm down, don't you? <laughs> you heathen. Hey, it's what I'm here for. Well, I think that's everything for us to cover today. But, but... And that's the truth. Join us next time as we delve into something a little sunnier than the grim darkness of the Dark Knight. I'm sorry, my voice. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It <laughs> it hurts you as much as it hurts... No, um, <laughs> I'm scared. If that's what you're going for, I'm scared. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but all right, next up, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Let's get sunny. Nice. Nice. Wholesome and Heathen 100% endorse becoming Batman if you possess the wealth, skill, naturally imbued talent, and unrealistically healthy genetics that have rocketed Bruce Wayne to superhero stardom. Wholesome and Heathen further endorse naming yourself after an animal that scares you so as to incite fear into the hearts of your enemies. With that in mind, Wholesome and Heathen suggests you avoid referring to yourself as Hamster Man, Rabbit Woman, or Kitten Dude, no matter how intense the childhood trauma that flung you into a fear of those adorable and relatively harmless animals. Tell us the animal you'd select to strike fear into the hearts of your enemies at WholesomeandHeathen.com.